This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. And on this Friday show, get ready to hear some winning highlights from last night's men's soccer exhibition. We'll also give you the details as we know them of the women's soccer exhibition, also a victory in DeLand. It's the football kickoff luncheon today. We'll not be broadcasting that live. That's for people that, you know, paid to get into the luncheon at Armature Works, but I know a lot of Bulls fans are fired up for that. We also, in our second segment, have a wonderful conversation with Visoto. You know how Brazilians and soccer just call themselves by their last name. His name is Leandro Visoto. He is, well, he's tall. Get ready to hear that. He is the new assistant volleyball coach for Jolene Shepherdson. I was able to chat with both of them after checking out their practice on Wednesday. I'll give you a few observations on what I saw from that practice as well. Coming up here shortly, we've got schedule releases for a couple of teams that are playing in the fall, or in one case, running in the fall as well. And this will be the last time that we are in the 9 to noon block. We've been hinting at some changes for Bulls Beat, and I'll go ahead and tell you to recalibrate your clock as far as the show goes. Trying to, and you'll get these other details soon enough, give myself more time to do other things around campus that you guys are definitely going to be able to hear and see. It's all good stuff, but first of all, the show, and we've been telling you this, instead of a daily show, will be now Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Bulls Unlimited. But instead of repeating 9 to noon, we want it to be something you listen to on your drive to work or when you wake up, unless you wake up really early. But instead of a 9 to noon show, it's going to shift Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. So you'll get plenty of chances to hear it. If you're a loyal 9 a.m. listener, you're still going to get it at 9 a.m., but you can have the opportunity to listen to it a little bit earlier. Now, a couple things. In addition to hitting the stream, we are going to do a lot more as far as podcasts. The show, Bulls Beat, will be streaming on Bulls Unlimited. That's not going to change. But the chance to hear the show via other methods, if you want to get it on demand, even earlier, we'll try and post the show when it's ready to our Unlimited Unloaded page. Bulls Unlimited Unloaded is on SoundCloud, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Podcasts. And whichever one or more of those platforms you prefer, I would highly recommend you bookmark that page because basically we'll even have more things that don't ever run on Bulls Beat. For example, since we're Monday, Wednesday, Friday, say there's a Tuesday or a Thursday soccer or a volleyball match that we really don't preview in full on the previous day's show, well, guess what? I'm going to be able to go to more practices, even maybe the morning of the game or the day before, interview the coach or the player to preview the game. And obviously, we're not going to hold an interview previewing a match until after the match. We will post it on that Tuesday or Thursday to the Unlimited Unloaded page. We're not going to take Tuesday and Thursday off by any means. In fact, I can tell you on those days, we'll make sure to put out a Bulls report, something we used to do on a daily basis, but now we'll start to re-up. Those are two to three minute updates, especially if there's any breaking news. And remember, there's always the opportunity to go live with any press conference any day of the week. With that in mind, you want to follow me on Twitter, X, at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P, and follow the channel at Bulls Unlimited because I try to make it a habit of every single time we put out new audio on our Unloaded page to tweet out the link for you. So beginning on Monday, you can get up super early if you want. Start to listen to Bulls Beat at 7 a.m. It'll be 7 to 10 repeating Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll endeavor to give you even more exclusive interviews. I'm working on that. Next week, going to work to finish up and firm up 
the plans for the pregame. We are going to, of course, go on two hours before kick for home games and try and add in some more live stuff on the field, maybe even on the walk up to the stadium and catching some folks at the tailgate. So we're working on pumping up the pregame show even more. And soon enough, you'll get to know exactly who's going to be part of the pregame show. If you liked our crew last year, you're going to like this year's crew. There's a little hint for you. Obviously, we are home for football along with men's and women's soccer and volleyball. Volleyball will begin in a couple weeks. More on them in just a little bit. Now, the sports we don't do play-by-play for in the fall, two of them have dropped their schedules. That is men's golf and cross-country. Actually, cross-country was last week and. I just sort of whiffed on presenting it on the show. The season starts Friday, September the 1st at Holloway Park in Lakeland. There are only four regular season meets, which makes sense for a sport like cross country. The Bulls will also take part at an event in Gainesville, one in Tallahassee. They'll be back in Lakeland. And then the AAC championships are at a beautiful course in Grimesland, North Carolina, where ECU is the host. That'll be October the 27th. Meanwhile, men's golf, Steve Bradley's team for the first time in around a decade, did not make it to the NCAA tournament, but started to play a lot better as the season wound down. And again, as we talked a lot, especially on the women's side, as they made the tourney for the first time in more than a decade, the sport of golf is the only one where you have a truly split season where both parts are equally important. They all go towards your ranking. Tennis, and we'll get more details on that sport soon enough, I'm sure, does play a fall schedule, but it does not count as your team ranking. Basically, you have your individuals play in individual brackets. It's not a team against team situation such as in the spring. But for golf, yeah, the fall is important. You want to get yourself into events with highly ranked teams. And the Bulls will begin in Knoxville the weekend of September 8th through the 10th. There will be four events in the fall, basically running September to mid-October. Then the spring season, seven events starting off in early February and stretching to April with the AAC tournament like it was last year for the men in Bel Air, April 19th through the 21st. They'll begin in Knoxville, Friday, September the 8th through Sunday, September the 10th. They will be hosting the USF Intercollegiate at Southern Hills in Brooksville. So mark that on your calendar. It's not a weekend. It doesn't conflict with football. It's a Monday and a Tuesday, October 9th and the 10th. I'm sure I'll be hanging out there. In the spring, they will head to Gainesville, Ponte Vedra Beach, and Stewart, so they'll be staying in Florida, but also going to Henderson, Nevada, and Palma Valley, California, in San Diego County. Oh, that's rough. That's especially that time of year going to be rough to be in San Diego in mid-March. I will endeavor to talk to Steve Bradley later on for this show and break down the full schedule. Last night, we were, I would say, working, but calling soccer. I'll tell you what, does it feel like work? It's enjoyable, especially being able to watch the team for the first time. The men's soccer team playing in an exhibition, the first of three. Now, some of the familiar faces like Brian Schaefer and Takara Mariama and Josh Gamina did not play in the game, but that's because you've got three exhibition matches in a span of eight days, and there's absolutely no reason to play everybody every game. But the players who did, some of them and many of them actually familiar names, and then some newcomers who made their mark. The Bulls defeat Southeastern 4-1. to one. The whole match will replay plenty of times. You'll get to hear everything, including the starting lineup. But we'll go ahead and tell you that it was all returners in the starting lineup. It was good to see Donovan Hesselmeyer back as the starting defensive midfielder. I love his story because he's a guy who 
was basically a full-timer, played more than 1,000 minutes as a sophomore, and then last year played barely more than 100 minutes because the team added Mariama, and they both play the same position. You can't have two defensive midfielders, so I think Bob Uthorn's going to try and figure out a way to get them both on the field at the same time. But last night, Hesselmeyer played one of the longest shifts. We did not get an official box score. You know why? Because stats weren't kept. So my stats are pretty good. The shot total was roughly 18-6. to 6. Bulls goalkeepers didn't have to do much. But Southeastern acquitted itself pretty well. They were not intimidated, that's for sure. They're an NAIA program that has made that national tournament three times in the last 10 seasons. Just missed out last year while going 11-4-4. As you know, the Bulls made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. The two leading scorers for the Bulls were at it. Oscar Rosano got a start up top along with Shagun Afalabi and Ajmer Spengler. Rosano led the Bulls with six goals. Spengler was second with five. They were the top two points getters and... Well, they collected the first points of the preseason and the only goal in the first half. Now the Bulls, another quick restart, not going for anything along on these 40-yard free kicks, just trying to build the play. Spengler, it's three on five. Spengler, oh, nice cut by Rosano. Going to get to the ball. He might, and he does, and he scores. Oscar Rosano was well marked, but took a touch to his left, and... The big man showing some big pace to get to the ball, shielding off the defender and scoring the first goal of the preseason for the Bulls. And what the fire, I love that nickname by the way, although they were smart. They were red and black color scheme, but they weren't wearing their black jerseys last night. It was steaming hot. They wore white. The Bulls went with that cool dark green, but they were letting the Bulls have possession up until about the 40-yard line, and then they would collapse. So it was going to take some quick passing combinations and really it turned out that was the key for all of the Bulls scoring sequences although in the first half there were really not a ton of quality shots Spengler who rocketed in some long-range blast last year misfired on a couple early and then the best chance other than the goal was Loro Kostanchik he along with Matas Hagen who were both outstanding as freshmen last year. We're in the starting lineup as well, along with both of your captains, Sergio Pinares Mayorga, a.k.a. Checho, and Nick Scargill. Shion Soga, an outstanding attacking midfielder as well, and a veteran for the Bulls, rounded out the starting lineup with their goalkeeper being Alan Horrocks. That's going to be an interesting question. The Bulls have several candidates to be a starting goalkeeper, but Horrocks, who is a sophomore from Argentina, got the nod. Not many chances, though, and certainly the Fire had their top two scores back from last season, a couple of Italians, including a six foot four threat by the name of Eduardo Venatolo. But Hollenstein especially did a good job of slowing him down as much as possible. So it was a one nothing game. Bulls were in full control, but you wanted to extend the lead, obviously. And with some new players on the field for the second half, it didn't take long to do so. Barkley with a good move, and what a shot! And a second goal. The Bulls in the first half were having issues putting the ball on frame. Jamone Barclay, who showed a lot of promise last year but never actually scored, yeah, showed some solid finishing touch there, and it's two to nothing. Tremendous right inside the right post. What happened, I think, then is the Bulls thought the floodgates would open, and they started to rush things just a little bit. So you had a 15-minute stretch or so where it wasn't clean on the pitch, but you did get to see some of these transfers, and you could tell that they are going to score on many of them. Jalen Anderson from NC Wilmington scored a handful of goals each of the last two seasons. For that, 
NCAA tournament type team. Richard Thompson came from Wilmington, not to be confused with NC Wilmington in Delaware, a smaller school, but a powerhouse. He's a defender, a right back who had 10 assists as a freshman. So he's a guy that's going to deliver on the right side, deliver passes, that is. And you could tell they were feeding him. Also, Marco Astorga, transfer from a smaller school out in California, Azusa Pacific. He is apparently going to be a free kick guy as well. He had four goals each of the last two seasons, even though he was off on his one free kick attempt. You could see his skill. And then there's Max Wilkins, who for a Georgia State team that won an NCAA tournament match two years ago. Last year should have gone to the tournament, but they slipped up in their conference tourney and didn't get in. But he was their leading scorer with seven goals. And after SEU actually got a goal and a wonderful shot after a failed clearance by the Bulls to make it 2-1, to one, that was kind of an interesting thing because I thought Clay Roberts, the head coach of the fire, was maybe going to keep his starters in a little bit to try and get a result. He pulled eight starters out at once, and that kind of opened the chance for the Bulls to put it away. Nonetheless, Max Wilkins, regardless of what the opponent was doing, showed what he can do, and it was impressive. Oh, that's a good ball by Scarfield up to Max Wilkins. He's ahead of the defense. Good first touch. He's going to have a chance here, and it's in! Ball just nestled inside the right post, and the Bulls get that lead back to two. Oh, Richardson, nice little flick to himself. They cut off the angle, so he's going to have to try and send a pass. He does, and there is number two for Wilkins. Boy, just very calmly collecting that ball, knowing that once he got his body position right, it was going to be an easy goal. Let me tell you, Richardson flicked the ball into space, and a couple of freshmen with the assists, and it's four to one Bulls. That was pretty sweet. That was the final score. If you want to hear the whole match get replayed, we'll offer it plenty up for you this weekend. And then Monday night, back live with UT, the Rowdies Cup. And then next Thursday, UCF. Next week, the women's soccer regular season begins. They wrapped up their exhibition slate at Stetson last night with a 3-0 win. They did not post who scored the goals. I've got that intel for you when we come back. Along with the landing point of Tyler Harris, who's got a professional side to play for, and of course, the aforementioned interview with Jolene Shepardson and Visoto from Volleyball when Bulls Beat continues. This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Before we get into the volleyball interview with head coach Jolene Shepardson and her top new and tall new assistant, a couple of basketball notes on the men's side. Tyler Harris is going to begin his professional career in Spain at HLA Alicante. They play in the second division over in Spain. Former Bull Alexis Yetna, who was hurt all last year at Seton Hall, will play his grad season at Fairfield out of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. As I was doing the volleyball player interviews, they're up in the video audio editing area where they actually do the ESPN Plus broadcast, a really cool part of the Muma Center. Of course, I walk past basketball, and you know me, I'm always trying to get the scoop. You know, the women's basketball team knows who it's playing in the Virgin Islands, has not announced yet their two opponents in Puerto Rico. And I don't know the team names yet, but I found out what conferences they're from, so I'll give you a hint. They're from two conferences that right now have a total membership of 26, but next year will have a total membership of 18 plus 4, 22. Of course, that's in the quote-unquote winter. The quote-unquote fall sports schedule officially begins with regular season stuff. Next Thursday, women's soccer is at LSU, and then they'll play at Louisiana that same weekend. Last night, they were at DeLand, 
and beat Stetson 3 to nothing. The goal scores, after getting one goal in her mostly injury-filled four years at Oklahoma State, Peyton Vincy has two goals, one in each game in the preseason for the Bulls. So does Gentiana Fetoy, who looks like she is going to be a focal point of the offense. Apparently a great goal, according to my source. And Lenny Nestor, the freshman from Academy of Holy Names right here in Tampa, gets the first of her career. So they are done with the preseason. They beat Jacksonville 5-1 and Stetson 3-0. Volleyball season begins in two weeks. They'll be playing Georgia Tech at Amelie Arena and the Gators the next day at Yingling Center. Third-year head coach Jolene Shepardson has brought in a brand-new assistant staff, Chris Guerra, a staple on the club scene, a big-time popular guy around the Tampa area. Brooke Little is the new assistant and director of volleyball operations, and the big man himself, a former Brazilian Olympian standout, and I mean stand. Mr. Visoto, first of all, let's get one thing out of the way. How tall are you exactly these days? <laughs> I'm seven foot. You are seven foot. Seven foot. Oh, my God. All right. So the, before we get into this USF job and this team, how did that benefit you? I mean, I know that you were amidst a lot of tall guys in the professional sport, but uh, were you you had to stand out a little bit, right? Yeah, that's me. helped me so much. I started playing volleyball with 12 years old. So I grew up playing volleyball, and I played to 40. So it was 28 years playing volleyball. You absolutely my height helped me so much in this process. Yeah, I take it that you love the sport. How how much do you love the sport? <laughs> I love so much that I just retired from my professional 30 April, so wow. two months ago, and I'm ready here helping the team, helping Jolene. I'm very excited to be here. Very motivated to learn a lot of how to teach these kids, coaching, everything. It's, it's, a, so, it's a new experience, and I, I'm very happy to be here. That was going to be my question. What have you been up to? So you have been playing until recently. So you, this is this actually your first true coaching job, and how excited are you about that? To be honest, I was coaching when I was playing. Okay. The last years, I was the most experienced, the captain of the team, so I helped a lot of the head coach. I helped a lot of... Uh, mentoring the, the the players, the young players. So this gave him uh, prepare me a lot for this moment. I, I took the International Volleyball Federation coach courses. Okay. Um, so I, I prepared myself a lot for this moment to come here and help the program, help the players, help with the international recruiting. So I think. Uh, we allow all, all life we have to learn is to learn a lot of things but i prepare a lot to be here well jolene i have to ask you about this guy i mean i know you're pretty pumped to have him how did you guys get hooked up very much so i love my staff so i'm grateful to have him um he's truly like something we were longing for like in every capacity like i didn't know him before but he was recommended by a friend and uh, immediately got to know him and what I learned quickly is he fits into like my philosophy of what we're doing here is uh, winning. Right? He knows how to win. If you look at his history in every area, he's been very successful. So teaching these young women how to be successful and really win under pressure and be like a program changer because that's what he's done in his history. Um, and on the flip side, he's also very humble. And just having that humility um, is something that's not easy to find, I'm, I'm sure, in his professional world. But it's, um, it's something that I think takes us a long way in life. And I want these young women 
to know that. So I think he can really help balance that, right? It's like, hey, this is how we're going to act with humility, but we're also going to be competitive and drive and win. And uh, he's got it all in him. He knows the game, obviously, to a very high level. So the details of it, he's played um, for a very long time. And so I tried to attract young women that just love the game, you know, maybe they don't necessarily want to play pro and beyond, but they come into this program their first year because they love the game. Like we study it, we play it, we think about it, you know, I want to create that passion here. So, you know, he just fit, checked off so many boxes that really were, were true to my heart and what I want in this program. So I'm ecstatic to have him and um, I I think the players are really taking to him and, and being receptive and understand that he's going to take us to a whole other level. Well, you have a lot of things you can teach. Obviously, there's differences in, in the game you played and the game that we're going to see at this level. Um, can you think of certain things that you have to adjust as far as, you know, what you pass along to them because of that? First, I have to say thank you for Joe for the words and for to give <laughs> this opportunity to come directly here and, and and help the team, help the program. I'm very grateful for giving this opportunity. Um, many people make this question, but uh, now the women's volleyball is more similar than ever the men's volleyball. And I think you have a lot of transferable situations that we are facing in the men's game to the women's game. For sure, we have to adjust some because of the physicality. They're not so physical like us. But how you see the game, how you, how you read the game, the situations of the game, how you position defense, how you blocking, this is don't have a big changes. So small things that you have to adjust, small things that we talk a lot about. Then for me, also understand and learn what is the best for the for the team. But all the coaches that I speak before coming that work with the women's volleyball, they say that not have a lot of big difference on the game but on the treatment. So <laughs> we should treat them different than the men's, absolutely. And I I think I can say I'm good on that. I have a two older sisters. I have a two daughters. <laughs> nice. so. yeah, you, you got He's it. He's got a great wife. You got it. He's, He's got, got a lot of good women around yeah. him. You, you talk about the humble, and I can see it. Um, are, are you going to anticipate, though, once the matches start, that he is going to be this real big emotional guy, and you're going to have to rein him in? Have we seen that part of him yet? <laughs> no, no, no. He's a professional, so okay, he's good, kept good, it. Good. He knows, I mean, he's been in tough situations, as you can imagine, playing at an elite level. Mm. So um, those are also things he can bring to teach our young women. Like, he's been there, he's sure. done it, and, and felt the pressure and still knows how to act professional, right? He has that maturity in him. He's had experience. So, um, no, I, I think he will be very controlled, be able to speak to me and bring the, the knowledge that he has in the moment, you know, so that we can, as a, as a whole staff, be able to help our players maintain their, their steadiness, you know, in the, in the moment and be able to be our best when we walk back out there after a, a timeout or in between sets. So, no, he's going to be great. I got to ask you, I saw you talking to our volley beach volleyball coach. <laughs> Is, was that a, just a coincidence or did her being here have something to do with you coming or anything? Yeah, super coincidence. She's so long <laughs> here. She came to United States the same time as my, my sisters came in 2001. 
2002, come a little bit early. Huh? And she saw me, she played with the same club in Brazil with my sisters. So she saw me, I was like 12, 13 years old. <laughs> Only about six foot tall. <laughs> yeah, she, she actually saw me little. <laughs> Literally, literally. <laughs> and it was so nice when I saw her here. It was good memories that remember my childhood, my beginning of volleyball. I will be here also tuning to the success of the program. I hope she's have a, lot, a huge capacity. I believe she's gonna make a huge impact here on the beach volleyball program. Awesome. And then last thing, I know we're getting ready for the season in a couple weeks, so I'm gonna hold off on those questions. But as far as how practice has gone first two days and how the dinners have gone the first two nights <laughs> maybe we can comment on each other's cooking <laughs> yeah, 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 that's good good um, practice first then his practice um, <laughs> love the intensity our young women came in prepared so I, I'm a happy coach <laughs> um, feeling a great energy from them um, they seem very connected so I think they did a great job investing in one another like things that we I have tried to instill in them, I think, is starting to pay off. So I think we're a little bit more mature, we're a little bit more intense, we're a little bit more physical because they took care of themselves over the summer and the off-season. So it's uh, it's all positive stuff from here. I, I think we're going to surprise some people. I think they're feeling that believer attitude. Um, so I, I'm a very happy coach. What do you think? Me neither. I was surprised after I said I finished the first practice, and today I was surprised how intense was the, the girls, how they want to be good, how they want to be great, and they are showing that on the attitude why they follow the balls, why they go doesn't have any loose balls. They are trying like get balls on the wall, so that's amazing. Yeah. So Excellent. you can practice the player, you can practice, you can practice the system. But sometimes you can teach the, how to be brave, behaviors. This is coming from inside, from the inner of the player. And they, having this attitude, I think we can have a lot of range to grow, to be better, to fight the games. And with that attitude, also the other team will see us in a different eyes. When mm. you see someone that go to all the balls, falling, no, don't, don't give up. This will make a lot of impact on the game. And uh, we want to then keep this attitude, you're going to help them to improve technically, mentally, physically, and we go forward. We're going to make our best. We are doing our best as our coaches outside the court. They are doing all the best, but in game, no, everything can happen. But if you put out 100% that you have inside the game, I think something good can, can happen. Definitely sounds like a coach. I love it. <laughs> and we'll post the full interview, including the cooking breakdown. I think it's cool that they're having team dinners. And actually, I know that that night the freshmen were supposed to be cooking. Speaking of that, Leah Schneider and Maya Thomas, I think, are going to be big contributors on the defensive side. And remember the name Caroline Dyke. She is a transfer setter for a really good East Tennessee State team. Now a bull competing with incumbents Kelsey O'Loughlin and Tatiana Johnson. So we'll obviously continue to cover that sport along with everything going on this fall. And we'll do it at an earlier time slot beginning Monday at 7 a.m., 7 to 10, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Until then, have a great weekend. No play-by-play this weekend, but we'll be back with soccer on Monday night. Horns up, I'm Derek Sharp.